Welcome to Bearing Point Talks. Welcome back to the Bearing Point Data and Analytics podcast, where we take a look at the application of analytics in the real world and the benefits and some of the challenges that must be addressed. In episode three, regular host Harriet and Amir look at the ethical issues around the application of analytics. Harriet, over to you. Thanks, Paul. Yes, in this episode, we'll be talking about artificial intelligence, AI, um, and some of the ethical issues surrounding the use of these technologies. We're joined by Dan Rolston, Senior Manager from our Public Sector Practice. Hi, Dan. Thanks for joining us. Hi, Harriet. Thanks for having me. A really interesting subject. Uh, I've been passionate about AI over the last few years, about the opportunities, but also some of the sort of pitfalls and possible elephant traps people can fall into. So um, great to have a chat about it. I don't think there's going to be any easy answers, but um, looking forward to the conversation. Me too. Um, I think we're seeing increasing numbers of companies and organizations using AI algorithms or trying to to improve and automate decision making. Uh, But I think people are also starting to ask some ethical questions. Um, So should we be using these new technologies? Uh, What are the watch outs to be aware of? I'll use an example of um, AI being able to predict maybe who's likely to develop an illness and, and possibly uh, passing that on to insurance companies. Is it, is it right to use AI for that? What, what if the decision's wrong? Uh, who, who's accountable if it is wrong? Um, before, before we jump straight into the risks, I think, what are the main use cases for AI um, and, and what are the benefits? Amer, are you able to talk to us a little bit about that? Uh, despite the fact that machine learning algorithms have been around since the 50s, It's only recently with the onset of computational power and data that we started to use machine learning to analyze uh, complex sets of historic data to find patterns and uh, from those patterns produce innovative, actionable insight. So notable applications are fraud detection, sentiment analysis, stock price prediction or house price prediction, uh, marketing, trying to match products with people or with segments, sales conversion, trying to work out which people are likely to buy things. Um, So this is something, these kind of methods that we've used, uh, we've been using for about 10 years now. Uh, More recently with unstructured data, we've been using artificial neural nets, neural networks to uh, do computer vision. So facial recognition in a crowd or image analysis, basically object detection, object recognition. for in, in natural language processing, we can now process speech and text. So from text, we can get sentiment, uh, we can get context with speech. Um, we've got modern IVR systems that can detect stressful conversations between customer service agents and, and customers and have team leaders intervene. And now there's also a new branch of machine learning, which is only a couple of years old, uh, called reinforcement learning. And this is basically a methodology, a method to determine uh, optimal policies or actions in simulated environments uh, to yield maximum cumulative reward or maximum uh, maximize some objective. So reinforcement algorithms have been used, uh, reinforcement learning algorithms have been used to train computers how to play chess and drive cars or driverless car technologies based on that. Uh, in a business, in a more business kind of context, um, Reinforcement learning has now been used to, to determine what is the optimal marketing policy to draw new customers or what is the best retention policy to re- retain existing customers. So 
in general, AI and the algorithms, uh, like the machine learning algorithms that I've been talking about, aim to achieve is greater objectivity, efficiency, uh, consistency compared with humans. The algorithms also try and uh, reduce human bias, although human bias isn't completely eliminated uh, because the historic data from which these algorithms depend still has bias. Using AI, maybe looking at the next five to 10 years, uh, do you think we're looking to replace human decision-making completely? Um, There is no doubt uh, humans are being replaced. We have driverless cars. We've got something called robotic process automation where computers can learn repetitive actions that humans make and basically automate those actions. So humans are increasingly being uh, taken out of the loop. But I don't think the transition is going to happen so quickly. I think in the short to medium term, we're going to continue giving uh, better insights, um, data-driven insights to tactical stroke decision, uh, strategic decision makers. So I think that's the way it will continue. And yes, there will be a gradual erosion and replacement of uh, of humans, um, we've got we've got AI systems now producing art, um, um, abstract art, producing poetry and music. So even some of the creative areas are now, uh, you know, AI is creeping into those as well. So I don't think we've got anything to fear in the short term. Okay, so so it depends on on the situation and and the objective. So what are the general areas of concern? when looking at these applications, there's obviously lots of good that we can do, um, but what are some of the, the broad areas of watchouts that you're seeing, Amir? Well, there are a broad range of philosophical concerns for society about the degree to which we should use AI, because our interaction with uh, AI systems is increasing, and AI systems can channel virtually unlimited resources into learning uh, what keeps us happy, uh, what things we like, what things we don't like, And by knowing our behavior and how we respond, uh, machine learning or AI systems can learn how to influence our decision making. And in the wrong hands, this could be detrimental. Um, So how can this technology be kept in check? How can it be controlled is a question. Uh, Another point is the displacement of workers by AI. So jobs being taken over by robots. Um, For an eternity, uh, you know, humankind has um, uh, you know been in a system where you know people give up their time to earn sort of money to be able to feed themselves and their families, and if this system is going to change, what is going to come in its place? So we haven't been able to answer questions like that yet fully. Um, the other thing is, can we actually stay in control of an AI system? Uh, these days, genetic algorithms and reinforcement learning are being used to improve AI systems. So we've got AI improving AI. So what happens when we're no longer, you know, um, the most intelligent beings on Earth? Because we're not making those important decisions anymore. And and the last area is uh, the onset of deep fakes. We've all seen uh, forged, uh, we've all heard forged uh, audio and kind of video. Um, and if we can't distinguish between what is real and what isn't anymore, then where does it, where does that put us then? So these are all issues that uh, are, I think, general areas of concern. Thanks, Amir. Um, Dan, I'm going to come to you now. Can you build on on anything Amir said and in the areas that you've seen in your work where there is consensus to use AI uh, and automated decision making, what, what issues are you seeing about, about how it's used? 
Yeah, I mean, Anna has brought out a lot of really interesting points and some of the more sort of fundamental and philosophical points um, that, you know, society we need to sort of work through. Um, if you're a sort of leader of an organization or you're a, sort of the, the data analytics leader or CIO or the CEO, I think there are four main things which I think you probably need to be thinking about, um, which are sort of accountability or the which is effectively who's making the decision and who's accountable for the decision. Um, the second point is around trans transparency, or sometimes called explainability. Um, but I think transparency is, is simpler for people around how the decisions have been made. Um, there's then the question of bias, which I think lots of people understand. And finally, um, there's sort of privacy issues around the data being brought together. So those are the four things that, that I tend to think about. And uh, I think with Amaya, we were going to talk about a few of them now. Um, if I start off with the first one, so this question of accountability. So uh, if you think about a driverless car that is driving along the road and has to swerve in some way to avoid a, an object and then, I don't know, drives into someone's house or something and then causes some damage. There's obviously a question there about, you know, is, is the car company, is the software, is the algorithm responsible for that that damage and who who, who has to pay for it? Um, the other question about all of that is how, if you like, reversible that decision is. So how much you can challenge it or appeal against it and resolve it. Obviously, if you've crashed into a, into a garage, and you've knocked it down, then you can build a new garage. If you've hurt an individual or taken someone's life, then that's, that's, that's not possible. And that's why I think uh, in lots of areas of, of decision making, you know, in the healthcare, um, it can be difficult to work out whether you want to automate that deci those decisions or, or not. Um, and I suppose fundamentally, the question here is how much you want to give all the power to some algorithm to make a decision, and how much you want to incorporate some human views, or if you like, get the, the algorithm to propose an answer to you that as a human, you can then challenge. So that question of accountability is, is, is really key, it seems to me. Um, the, the, the second one then is, is transparency or explainability. That's the second of the four. And I think, Amir, you were going to talk about that one. Yeah, this is a concern because um, a lot of people, have, uh, most people won't look at the mathematics behind some of the algorithms in AI systems. Uh, machine learning algorithms which underpin AI systems are easy to get hold of these days, easy to download and use. Um, and people will use them as black boxes uh, without understanding the limitations or assumptions. And even for um, experts, even for data scientists, some of the algorithms can identify patterns that may fit historical data but are very difficult to explain. And this is compounded uh, by the trade-off between accuracy and explainability. So data scientists or practitioners will use, uh, will chase accuracy like R squared or any area under the curve. And uh, the more you try and get an accurate kind of model that can reproduce some historical data, some validation data, it tends to become more black box. The less explainable it becomes. So you chase accuracy, but you trade off, you, you trade it off against explainability. And then what happens is that data scientists might try and convince a decision maker to act upon some insight by saying that, you know, the R squared is very high or the area under the curve is one, some kind of KPI like that. And the decision maker um, is forced to trust the insight from the data scientist without understanding. And I think this is very scary because the data scientist doesn't really understand the explainability because they've made that trade off. And then the decision maker isn't understanding uh, you know, why that insight is saying or the prediction model is saying what it's saying. And then that that therefore causes an erosion of confidence and also can take us into other darker places as well. Uh, and so I think it's crucial that all insight must be explainable um, by the producer and by definitely by the decision maker. 
uh, before acting upon such insight. And the trade-off between explainability and accuracy should be done in a very controlled way. Um, so you don't want to give up too much um, in terms of explainability for accuracy. So you need to be able to know what you've produced or what the limitations of what you've produced are. I think that point is so important, Amma. It's I think if we're going to see increased use of this in, in our day-to-day -day lives, I think explainability and being able to build trust with these type of algorithms is is key. Um, you know, when, when people distrust even sort of simple statistics that they see uh, in the news these days, I think we, we've, we've obviously got a way to go. Um, Dan, I think the third point you mentioned was, was bias. It's obviously a hugely important topic. Um, and there've been some examples I could think of in the news recently. Can you tell us a bit more about bias and some of the risks with this? Yeah, of course. I mean, when I was at school, my history teacher used to always talk about how if you didn't study history, you were condemned to repeat it. Well, unfortunately, with machine learning, you're definitely condemned to, to repeat history because it's based, you know, your algorithms are defined by what's happened in the past. And what that means is that if you have a um, system that has in the past looked at bias, so there's been lots of things, for examples, for example, around recruitment, where um, because in the past, uh, a particular organization has recruited, say, males or white males or something, then the way that the um, algorithms were trained, it's almost exacerbated that um, discrimination. And you can see the same thing in, 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 in medical data if it's only looking at particular races or particular genders. Um, and, and more, more an, another good example is, is around the Twitter bot that uh, Microsoft developed. Uh, which was an automated bot that on Twitter was supposed to engage with society and engage with the world, called Tay, I think. Um, and unfortunately, within 24 hours, it had to be taken down because it had been corrupted by people sending it messages with uh, offensive words in it and uh, racist and abusive terms. And by looking at those terms and reacting to them, it seemed to believe, because the algorithm told it that that's how the world worked, that that's how it should respond. It should copy, if you like, other people. And that's that's the risk with bias. So. Um, a key thing that people need to have in mind if they're working with automated systems and AI, uh, real need to try and fix anomalies as much as possible and, and challenge um, bias, however small. Um, and, you know, I've, I've talked a lot about the kind of ethical issues of this. I think the question for businesses, for example, who are looking out into market or to find some new customers is that if algorithms are based on their existing customers, then it will automatically find the same people, but it's not going to go out necessarily looking for new custom segments. So it's not just an ethical question. It's also a, a business question. Um, so that's the third point. Um, and then the fourth point was around privacy and, and uh, confidentiality and data. And Amer, over to you to talk a little bit about that. Uh, yes. Um, increasingly larger volumes of data and different types of data are out there about us. And, um, these different types of data are being combined in new ways now to find patterns that were previously, uh, it, it was impossible to find. So new patterns are being able to be found and therefore new applications are being made. And um, so there is a gradual erosion of our privacy in a way that few understand because uh, there's so much of us out there. Um, we... We all of us are, um, uh, you know, will click on agree and continue boxes when when downloading applications, and we don't think too much about where that, you know, what that agreement says about where our data can end up. So um, we do have, yes, we do have now, you know, um, GDPR. It does go a long way, but we're constantly trying to catch up to the rapid advances of AI and, you know, the way our data is being used. 
Um, we definitely need more data governance and more rules to manage um, uh, manage data kind of more effectively and, and more safely. Learning as we go. So thank you both for sharing. Thanks sharing those thoughts. It's been a, a really interesting discussion. Um, lots of challenges clearly that we're facing. Um, so now I want to come on to the topic of, of what organisations can do um, or what should they be doing um, if they're trying to use AI and automated decision making uh, to, re- to reduce their risk and, and make sure that these algorithms are working in the most efficient and ethical way. Yeah, I think, um, as you said, it's, it's very much uh, an area where people are learning um, and both organisations, but also kind of society about what they're willing to accept. I think it was really interesting element of the issue with the exams uh, a few years ago where the exam results were set by an algorithm not necessarily a very advanced one but an algorithm um, and uh, that approach was challenged and ultimately overturned was that a consultation was actually held with the public on that algorithm who and the the consultation found that there was broad support for it Um, but when it came into reality and people looked at the results um, it was clearly unacceptable. So it's 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 a difficult line for, for organizations to to run through. Um, one of the things that the public sector is looking at is can it put in place a process that organizations could could use to assess the impact and sort of engage with people around uh, that decision making. There's something called an algorithmic impact assessment or an AI impact assessment. And the NHS has been doing some trialing of that, or at least thinking about it in the context of medical imaging recently and setting out how that could work effectively. I know in Canada, that in the public sector, that's an area that's, that's being used. Um, and I think the idea of having a process to consider things is probably applicable here because just so many of the use cases, so many of the technologies are are just so, so different. Um, in terms of sort of quick practical things that organizations should be thinking about, one is just having a governance framework in place for AI. Um, this is potentially one of the biggest risks that goes wrong for your organization. So in the same way that you'd have, you know, governance around a major go live on an IT project around security, then, you know, you'd need to have a governance around this IT question. Um, we think it's important to look at AI uh, cases individually and if you like at the level of use cases, it's very easy to talk in generalities, but um, the devil is very much in the detail on on this kind of area. Um, and, and finally, from me, I think just testing things out with, with customers or uh, citizens or beneficiaries uh, will be really, really helpful in terms of making sure that you don't make a mistake and also setting out an approach that is open and transparent, which has got to be got to be really, really helpful. So there's a few thoughts from me. Um, I don't know, Amé, whether you want to add to that on, on some expertise from your side? Yeah, um, organizations wanting to use AI or using AI systems currently need to build an internal capability um, and get a deeper understanding of the AI systems. They need to be able to understand the limitations the assumptions and um, the other thing is as I was saying before uh, they need to we need to be very careful about the insights that we produce they must be explainable both by the data scientist or the insight producer or by the system and uh, definitely also uh, the decision maker needs to be able to understand uh, the insight as well so that they can confidently act upon those decisions these days now there has been there have been a lot of advances in demystifying some of these black box prediction kind of models there's a there is a lot of uh, kind of research out there so there is a kind of a demystification process now uh, that can be applied to to kind of understand why models are doing what they're doing uh, yeah explainability is very important thanks both that's been it's been a really interesting discussion um some big topics there um and you know, an area that we could be definitely keeping an eye on in the upcoming years. 
Um, Paul, back to you. Thank you. Thank you, Harriet. Thank you, Amir. Thank you, Dan. Uh, and thank you for listening to episode three. We've heard some of uh, the main concerns around the use of AI uh, in, uh, and its impact on, on day-to-day life and some of the things that uh, organisations can do to mitigate the risks. If you'd like to know more about the subject of today's podcast or any of the podcasts in this series, then please do get in touch with us. Uh, or you can find the rest of our podcasts on our website or our LinkedIn page. Thank you. Bearing Point.